0: to the 145 World Podcast, where we're here to strengthen music careers and communities one song at a time. And now, here's your host, Jacob Wing. Yay! Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. Very excited to have you. Great topic this week. We're going to be talking about that moment when you think that you're about Donut Song, but you're not sure. And maybe you start finding reasons not to put it out there. Maybe you find there's just too many things that you're afraid of people going to say about it. You're not confident with what's going to be put out there. And we're going to hurdle that barrel, that, that hurdle today together. And we've got a special tool for you to use. It's a checklist and we're going to be showing it throughout this. It's going to be available down below. That's at our Patreon. And it's always free. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to pay anything. Just go use it. That's the whole point of it. But instead of wasting your time... We're gonna get right into it. So the very first one we're gonna talk about here is step number one on the checklist. And we broke them down into five steps and then little checklists that you can go do. The first one we're gonna call is the Showstoppers. And I have a version of it here if you see me looking down so I know what, what we're walking through here. But Showstoppers is all about the very first thing you would notice if you listen to a piece of music and it took you away from the music. So if you were to start playing some music And you started hearing wrong notes that maybe shouldn't be there, or you know things that were out of tune. That's when you instantly stop and start saying, "I can't enjoy this," or "Hey, this really feels like it wasn't a polished product," or it's hard to take this person, you know, serious as a musician or an artist because you know something doesn't sound right. Or even if you're not an artist yourself and you're just listening to music and you hear that something feels off, something's really clashing with the other things and I don't like it, then you're just going to move on to the next song because you don't like that sound. So these are what we're calling the showstoppers. And it's the first thing that you should be looking at when you have a song that's all completed and you're ready to sit down and take a listen to it. And the first step that we have is that, of course, no notes are standing out or drawing attention away from the song as a whole. So as much as we like to hear and say that there's no such thing as a wrong note, there are notes that we didn't intend to play and then are not adding to the music and taking away from the overall product, maybe at the wrong time. That's what we're talking about here. So if there's one of those notes, just find a way to go back in and fix that, pull it out, uh, redo it, whatever it takes. You know, you really, really don't want that. It's pretty obvious and it probably wouldn't have got to this point, but it's number one for a reason. Um, the second step in the showstoppers is no notes or parts that are clashing with others in a bad, unwanted way. So the deeper part of this one is that you can have notes, again, that a, there's no such thing as a bad note or a wrong note, but if there's a section in your song that is pulling people out of the song, not giving the intent, in fact, that you're trying to betray a cross and instantly pulls you out, that's the problem. You've got to instantly go in, correct that, either Draw that section down in volume or pull it back, and however the mix it, you need to do it, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and really address that. Make sure there's nothing pulling anybody out of that. The third one down here is all instruments and tunes, vocals pitched in a way that you are happy with. So, this one, of course, if you had done the steps beforehand, we do have a, a checklist that gives you a studio prep guide. But if maybe you hadn't had one or didn't know about it, you should always be tuning your instruments. Make sure they're in tune with each other more than anything. Uh, But you know, whatever it takes, make sure they're not clashing with each other. They're in tune. And as long as that's okay, the next step you're gonna look at in that is listening to the vocals and making sure that you're hitting the correct notes. None of the harmonies are out of step or out of sync with everything to make sure it's, it's sounding right and all those notes are working together And if you did any pitching or any kind of auto correction, which is fairly common with almost any modern production, just make sure that those notes are correct and they're they're moving the way they sound, the way they sound, moving the way you want intended them to, and that they sound human. Sometimes, if you go too hard with your auto tune, it can sound artificial, unless that's the sound you're going for. But if it's not, just this is that time to address it and think about that. So that's step number one, showstoppers. The next step moving down on that checklist is feel the groove and of course the very next thing that's going to take you out of a song is if things feel like they're out of time or instruments are playing against each other and like sometimes like we said sometimes that's going to be an intention and you want that to happen but we're talking about those times when you go back and you listen to your song and like maybe the drums and the bass just aren't singing up and something's not you're not getting locked into the song you're not you know getting that swaying getting your hips moving something's not working and and this is that time to address that and especially if there's just one or two notes here even if you feel like it's not such a big deal it's a great time just go back adjust what you need to or if there's something that maybe is not essential and you don't exactly need it you can just pull that out of the song right now it wasn't adding it was taking away um the next one down underneath that is of course uh after everything's in time song exhibits different moments of tension and release and the only thing here is that you just want to make sure that in almost every song not all songs but almost every song you put out there's going to be some sort of push and pull you never want it to be just one straight line hey blah 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 blah. in every single part you want to make sure that in each of those parts that you are getting different parts of you know, this part's a little bit deeper. This part's, you know, really fun. And, you know, different parts that are giving and taking, pushing and pulling, you know, something that's keeping that interest of your listener. The one after that is that there's enough different parts falling under this exact same thing that keeps the listener's interest. And falling in this line with that that tension and release is different parts of your song to keep your listener's retention. That's the reason that we have a formula for songs, you know, with Intro, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, you know, the reason that we have those is different parts that have, we've become to understand that as a story, a storytelling structure, a storytelling uh, way of, of just getting things across that we accept that's how it's going to come. And yes, sometimes it's great to subvert those expectations and go a different route with how your song is set up, but rarely, most times it's going to hurt you more than it's going to help you unless you have a very large fan base that's deep into your work and they want something very different but in the beginning and early parts of careers not so much I, I made that mistake myself many of us have where we just like I, I need something different I need to be I need to stand out I'm, and then you wind up hurting yourself more and I can go back and listen to my own catalog and listen to songs and pull them out and be like I really wish I hadn't tried to be different here I really could have used another chorus here for some reason I lucked out and wrote a great chorus I wish I would have had it in a correct order and and you don't want you don't want those moments and you know listeners really don't want that especially if they're just getting to know you uh they're not going to be that into it but just make sure there's enough different parts that there's something there for everybody to to get into and enjoy okay on to the third part and that's the part that we're calling complete balance and this is just an overcompassing of, uh, view of this is what we're talking about like mixing. Um, and a little bit of the mastering, but really we're, it goes deep into breaking it down so that you know that everything's covered and you hit all your points on this one. So, of course, the first one to talk about is volumes are in the correct levels to let important parts shine and different for each section of the song that is appropriate. So, the first part of that is really just straightforward. If you've gone through and you've recorded all the parts and you've done just a basic mix where you've gone through and said, you know, I want this part louder, guitars need to be here, piano here, keyboard here, synth here, vocals sitting on top almost always, bass straight down the middle, you know, you've gone through the steps to say, you know, that's where those volumes are supposed to be, you set them, and everything's good the very second part of that where it goes into uh and different for each section of the song that is appropriate that's where we're talking about using different volumes to elicit different emotions and make different parts of the song stand out and of course each chorus is almost always louder um usually imperceptible to most people but uh, verses will be lower than choruses and bridges will. Depending on what the bridges, you know, whatever you're trying to break up in that song, either you're trying to bring some energy to the song before it ends, you know, you're gonna want that louder. If you're trying to bring things down a bit so that you can really get them excited, you know, in a different section of the song, you know, the volume should reflect that. Uh, I, I the only other thing you would ever say with that is that um, it's okay if everything's the same level, but this is one of those things that kind of take your song to that next level that really give it that finishing touch and help you drive through the emotion or whatever you're trying to convey to the listener. This is a great tool that we have and you just need to make sure that it's being utilized. Next thing down, we're going to talk about frequencies are all meshing well, a good balance of high, low, and mids. And this is of course just when you're doing your mixing, making sure that the instruments sound the way that you want them to. The vocals all sound and have been, you know, EQ'd, compressed to the way that you want them to. The best way to achieve this, of course, was during your mixing phase was to use references. And we have a whole bunch of stuff on references, but just making sure that you have something to say, "I, I like this sound and you can pull it into your mix and hear that versus what you're doing and try to make it match that as best you can or get close to it, you know, those kind of things are, are how you achieve and make sure you're all, all your frequencies are meeting the the requirements that you have of them. The next one down, dynamic range is interesting and present with the right amount of loud and quiet parts. Of course, this talks about that. It goes more in depth about that. The first part we're talking about with the volumes, but same exact thing, using those dynamic ranges, making sure that they are reflecting what you want through the song. There's nothing much different here. You, I mean, if you checked it off the first time and we're back here, we could just be talking about, you know, if you're if you're doing your own mixing and mastering, you know, using your automation to make sure that the volumes are moving in the right sections instead of just having, you know, this one's set here, this one's set here, the automation will take it to that next level and move as you need it to. Um, but if you, again, if you checked it off in that first one, you're usually pretty good at this point. Uh, right after that, we have spatial imaging is well thought out and represents the music in a 3D soundscape. And of course, the best way to achieve this if, after you've done everything is make sure that no matter how many systems you're listening to, you know, you're, you're, you're mixing and your you're nice monitors and your car and whatever it be, make sure you're using headphones as well, just because it, it really gives you a good understanding of what it sounds like in that 3D soundscape. Um, and, and every song is different. Sometimes you just really want that singer-songwriter right in your face. You're here, I'm here. Everything's kind of really close to down the middle. We're feeling very intimate. Other times you're trying to incorporate an entire band in different sections and parts. And you want that to feel like you're, you know, observing a whole show of, you know, hey, there's the drummer. Oh my gosh, there's a guitar player. Or my gosh, there's a, a mandolin in the song that's crazy. And, you know, you, those kind of things. You know, oh, here comes some lead guitar. You know, those were in the soundscape of the 3D world. You just want to make sure they're sitting in those different places. And it's a great way, again, as we've been talking about, maintaining interest with your listener is really important if you're trying to get them to listen to the whole song in enough interest maybe to go listen to more of your music. That's a great way to hit that. Um, The next thing we'll talk about here uh, on this one that will be the end of the Completing the Balance... the ambience has set the right sonic environment for overall recordings and vibe you're going for and it's really really easy to overlook this one especially if you're going through so many technical things and you you know you're learning to do all these things you're learning to mix master uh, all these tiny intricate little things that you're putting into and you're figuring out uh, this is one (laughs) kind of gets thrown to the back burner because you haven't thought it out and this is a great time to sit and think of as the overall product. Is this what I was going for? Is this a chill song? Is this really relaxed? You know, those kind of things. And you really got to pay attention to the instrumentation on this one. Are they, is there enough reverb? Is there too much reverb? Do I need something? Is something missing? You know, those kind of things. This is a great time when you usually wouldn't think about these things. It's a great time to knock that out. Hi there and welcome to the Ad Break. We're just gonna take a moment to let everybody know about our community of growing members. And if you'd like to be a part of that, just look at the info below and there'll be a click there for an email sign up to Join in and get your voice heard. As well as you're enjoying this content, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the numbers one four five world there you can join any of our groups and you can add to the discussion of what topics we will choose that will help you and hopefully future members of our groups as well as join monthly Q&A's and other such benefits again that's patreon.com slash the numbers one four five rural and we look forward to seeing you there now back to that regularly scheduled episode and enjoy that content thanks again So that's all for completing the balance. On to the next part of the checklist, which we call number four, the background check. It's really easy with this one to think that it should have been earlier on the checklist, and I get that. And and the reason that it's been moved down so far, and this is just experience talking and, and years of doing this. The reason that it's at number four is that as you're EQing things, you're literally taking a certain frequency and turning up the volume or turning it down. You know it it really is just a volume control and then you're also compressing tons of things and that's either you know squashing the signal into this and enhancing certain parts of that signal that maybe you hadn't noticed and if you if you were to move this earlier yes you might you'd notice that things were getting done and, and that they were out of the song but you might miss things that in the end didn't didn't get caught or maybe got enhanced and then you know you have to go back and follow this exact step again, and that you're just repeating yourself and beating ahead against the wall and so what we're talking about here is of course, step one in background check is no hissing from any compression added during mixing or mastering and again, as I was just saying, as you're you know squashing your signal or whatever you're doing with that, sometimes the frequencies that you've enhanced. And now that you've squashed them, you start to get this background noise that's built up over, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 tracks. And you can just shh in the background that you usually don't notice it until a, a quiet part or, you know, the endings or the beginnings, those kind of things. But the thing about that is that it really uh, can... Gives some kind of dull fixture to the overall song, and it really takes away from how great your song could be, how professional it can feel, those little tiny intricate things. This hissing sound, and it, sometimes it just, you deal with it. Sometimes it's part of the process. Sometimes you're so happy with the overall sound that, you know, I'm not going to deal with that. But there's ways to address it, and we'll get to that in a second. But making sure that that's not in the song. The next one, of course, is no unwanted clicks, pops, or extra background noise present in any part of the song. Uh, these you usually would have picked up through your parts of your recording but if you're hearing any like you know extra clicks pops or you're hitting part of your instrument or those things that you can easily go in and dress you may have to do an extra mix or an extra master which is always a nightmare but it's fine it's just a little extra work but if you hear those those clicks pops those thumps anything extra that you really don't want in there just go in make sure that you're as you're listening, write it down, you know, two minutes, 34 seconds, I hear a little bit of a pop there. You go in there, figure out what it is. It may take a little bit of detective work for you to go through every single track and figure out why is this happening. But as you go down, like, oh, there it is. It's the acoustic guitar. And I guess I must've hit my ring on the, on the soundboard. Oops. And then you go through, you just edit that out or, you know, worst case scenario, I'll just do a, a retake here and, and that'll be just fine. So, That covers that one. The next one you want to talk about here, of course, is... I kind of touched about it early in the first part, but double-check the beginning and ending of songs for clarity in all quiet parts. So, some of the most important parts of your song are, of course, the beginning. You're drawing the listener in, and if you have any kind of hissing or background noise because it's been compressed, the, the whole song's been compressed a number of times, you know, through different parts of the process, that hissing really stands out when you're just putting one or two instruments in or just singing the vocals with one part and all the other parts come in. It really stands out. So you got to make sure that those parts are really well taken care of. And same with the ending. If you got them to the end of the song and they enjoyed the entire song and you, you got a nice ring out and you hit one chord or one note or one one part of the piano and then it just let it ring out to the end and then as it's dropping down in volume, you're starting to hear this the hiss come back up. It takes them out of that moment, that feeling, that overall you know, dopamine hit they just got from your music, and you really, really don't want that. And like I was saying before, I was going to talk about how to deal with this. Uh, we have a whole episode, and I'll link it right here, uh, and it's all about dealing with noise reduction. This is a great place for that noise reduction. You go in, you just take that part. If we're talking about the ending, like I just said section that off and then get some background noise uh, and then uh, you know as a sample for it to understand what's going on and then you just pull that out in that one section right at the ending and then you get that nice clear just ring out at the end and you achieve that emotion you get that dopamine hit to them works out perfectly so that's the the fourth part let's go on to that last and fifth part okay here we are at the end the Finish line, as we've called number five, very appropriately. You've gone through all the tedious steps, but you made sure that the recording sounds as good as it can and there's no clicks or pops. Everything that we've talked about before, making sure that all the dynamics are right, all the EQs and compressors are such the way you want. Vocals sound great, everything's sitting where you want. So now we're at those last little parts that sometimes can get stuck in the middle and we get ahead of ourselves before we get to this part. Um, and of course, the the first part of this finish line is to listen to your product, but not just that. Take your song and make sure you hear it on no less than three different systems. Of course, you're going to be hearing it nonstop on the original system that you're either mixing on or mastering on or whatever you're doing. Or if you're just getting this from a studio and you're working with them, you know you have easy. The system that they sent you and you do your test mixes and your test masterings and, you know, you're okaying the parts. So you have your normal system that you're used to listening things on. And then, of course, we all have that second go-to that we really love as a staple and that's the car. You know, that we've always listened to music our whole lives when we're driving around. It's just part of the lives we've lived and, and our culture. And we like to use that as a litmus test of, of what it sounds like when it's in the real world. So, you know, there's two. The third at this point, I'm hoping that you've taken some time, and like I said, and listened to this. If you follow these steps and listen on headphones, this is a great time to go back. Make sure everything sounds good. Is The spatial setting of this, Is everything sounds great. It's got a nice 3D sound to it. Uh, all those kind of things. And, of course, make sure you're listening to these on smaller systems through a phone or something like that or smaller speakers that's why we always use like in studios we have the the mix cubes we call them and that's because we like to use things that don't represent like or don't reproduce bass signal so well because that's a lot of the music gets listened that way now you know through phones you just want to make sure that it still sounds good in those scenarios you know the vocals are still sitting where they're supposed to and the instrumentation is coming through the way you want it to when the bass isn't being reproduced as, as you've heard it so many different times. Uh, as long as you do that, you're gonna cover all your bases. It's going to sound different on each system. And I'm not saying you should mix or master to each of these systems, but just make sure it's translating well and sounding good. It's easy to miss things. And this is a great way to cover your bases. The very last step on this is of course, really kind of superficial and, you know, small in your mind. But it really represents the overall grand scheme of why you're doing this in the first place. And it's the song gives me an emotional response like goosebumps, happiness, sadness, thoughtfulness, etc. You know, it's the whole point of this is that you're trying to share something that you're creating, something that represents something that you've thought through either a story you want to tell, an emotion you want to convey, a feeling you want to get out to the world, you know, your own personal therapy, whatever it may be, but what is that audience feeling? What is that person that's not you that hears this? How are they feeling? What's coming across? Uh, if you're not getting that, if you don't understand, then there's no point to any of this. You're not going to have a career. You're not gonna have any kind of success because you didn't think about the end user, the end result, where this was going to wind up. Um, I've heard some great quotes from some very top-end musicians, some top-end engineers, and you know, there there should always be a point in the song where you're getting goosebumps, from either the vocal part or the, the music, and that's, come on, that's not realistic, let's be honest, but there should be some point in the song where you are having that aha moment through this process of writing and producing this song and putting into actual life with giving it a mix and master and adding all these tracks and different parts and watching it come together, if you didn't some point during that have that, oh my gosh, this is a good song, or you hear that moment like, oh, this is so great. That's what I was hoping for. Maybe it's time to throw it to the back burner and and not release that quite yet. And I've had that a couple times where, you know, both ends of this where I've released something that maybe I shouldn't have, it wasn't ready. And I regretted it, and I could have made it better later. And sometimes, you know, on the other end of that spectrum, where I held back, and I kind of kept working through it, trying to get it to a point, but it already, I'd already had that moment of, I know this is going to work. It feels good. I'm, I, this is great. You, you can feel that potential. Or the next morning, a great thing that tells you right away is you wake up that next morning and that song's still stuck in your head and you're like, oh, hey, yeah, that's a good sign. It's sticking. It's got that that replayability. There's something to it. So just be mindful of those things. Uh, That should get you there. And of course, that's, again, one of the more important things. But as we move on here, that's the whole checklist. And I hope after, you know, getting to use this, that will maybe help you start to put out music faster and, and more productively and not have those moments of, I don't know if I, this is ready. I, I just, I'm going to wait or whatever it may be that's holding you back. This should be one more thing, one great tool that helps you get more music out there. It's out there in two different versions. Like I said, it's there on Patreon. We have a printable version you can print off and just keep around and use. Um, and we also have the interactive version you can download to anything, your phone, your tablet, your computer, Whatever it may be. And of course that one's got clickable versions. You can just click on it and it'll give it a little check mark. Um, we were pretty proud of this one. We were gonna put it out and then of course maybe put it in behind a paywall or you know, do one of the email signups and do it that way. But we had a moment, we had our first Patreon uh subscriber, first member, and this is a shout out to you, Eric Bartz. And we're really thankful for that, of course. But after his great email, I sent him an email myself and said thank you, of course, for being our first Patreon member and to let him know that I was going to shout him out in this video. And he was kind enough to respond. I'll put that up on the screen now or you can just listen to it here on the podcast. And after telling him thanks for being our first Patreon member and that we're going to give him a shout, he said, thanks a bunch, dude. I think I'm pretty much your target demographic. Bedroom guitarist flirting with getting to that next level, but not sure how to do it. I'm finding your content helpful, and maybe someday I can take the next step and actually book a gig. Have a great week, and happy Thanksgiving. Well, Eric Bartz, thank you. This is a tough job, of course, but we do it for free that's it I mean it, it takes so much time and so much effort especially creating these tools for people to use and just hearing somebody say you know we make a difference or you know it's helping them in some little way that that's fantastic and if you guys want to go sign up to our Patreon it's always there and help us and you know make it easier for us please by all means we'll be so thankful but if not just go use the free tools um, that's why they're there uh, no emails no signups no nothing go take it and use it uh thank you guys so much for going on this journey with us and again if you guys have any questions or anything like that please we're always available eric if you ever need some help getting that first gig getting it booked whatever it can be whatever's holding you up just hit us up we're always here to help all of you i hope you know that that's that's what this community is all about so until the next episode thanks again bye